This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of Now and Not Yet. Pressing in when you're waiting, wanting, and restless for more. Written and narrated by best-selling author Ruth Cho Simons and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Welcome back to the Build a Better Us podcast. The president of Build a Better Us, B.J. Thompson, and licensed therapist John J.P. Parker are about to discuss spiritual, relational, and personal development from a refreshing perspective. Be sure to stay tuned to the end to find out how you can become a part of the BBU Nation. But for now, we hope you enjoyed this conversation with BJ and JP. Hello, everybody. I'm John Parker. And this is BJ Thompson. And this is the Build a Better Us podcast. Uh, we are about to jump into a series called Freedom. Um, give Us Us Free is a shout Give out. Give us a free. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Amistad and them. Um, we are in a place, a time, a century, a millennia, I don't know, where freedom seems to be on everybody's mind. And everybody's got different ideas on what freedom is, depending on what people group, what ethnic group, what uh, orientation group you find yourself in. And everybody's got solutions, but they ain't got the solutions we got. Um, you ain't got the answer, Sway. You know what I mean? That's just what it is. Uh, so we're going to jump off the series talking about professional freedom. And it's uh, it's it's interesting. Oh, before I start, BJ, did you want to add something? I was about to just oh, no, go no, right in. That, that's good. Yeah, we, we talk about people getting free and the need to get free. And yeah, no, go ahead. No, you, you're doing well. Go ahead. Start oh. open us up. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. I'm doing well. I appreciate that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I just get so excited when you, you give me praise. Wow. Look at that. Black uh-huh. on black Listen, praise. Just black. save it. Just save it for a rainy day. Go okay. Ahead. All right. Um, black on black <laughs> praise. We should make that. That's a t-shirt for you. Black on black praise. Um, so it's weird. Uh, we're talking about professional freedom. And today we just happen to be recording on Juneteenth. I don't know when you'll hear this, but I guess for some depending on who you listen to, I guess slavery was a profession, um, right? I guess, uh, <laughs> I don't see you about to have me. I, I guess I had to blame myself. I was about to go there, um, but I won't. So um, there was a time that in 1863 that Abraham Lincoln and his crew decided that they were going to emancipate black people uh, in the United States of America from the situation of slavery. And it took about two years for the last group of people. Uh, I think it was in Texas. I want to. It wasn't Galveston. Um, I can't remember the city right now. I should know that. But it, it took two years for the last people, slaves and their owners, masters, whatever, to find out they were free. And in 1865, June 19th, um, that is when all of America was told mm. that freedom was reigning. Freedom was ringing for people of African descent. Um, And so in celebration of that moment in time, we want to start this series where we just tell the people, tell the people, tell the people how to get free. Um, It's it's, some game is better to be told than sold. Some game is better to be sold than told. But this time we're going to tell it, not sell it. Um, And with the hopes that you find your, your freedom in your professional life, in your personal life, in your 
spiritual life and yeah, family life, man. We here for that. Uh, so we gonna jump in today. I, I was trying to keep the emancipation. You stupid. <laughs> you know, I, there's some directions I was gonna go in with that, but uh, you know, it it, it was a profession. Uh, it was a blessing for some, according to the internet. And oh, I'm just laughing at the uh, reference. Okay, all right. Call, and, call him the blessing. Go ahead. You know, and for some it wasn't. Um, and so for those that wasn't. June 19th, 1865 was a time for joy, was a time for celebration. And right now we're trying to give y'all some joy and some celebration via this game that we kick here on the Build a Better Us podcast. No, that's good. Let me uh, open up and talk about uh, professional bondage. You know, I was was laughing because I was listening back to one of our um, episodes where you stung me. And you were like, (laughs) sometimes you overconfident. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, you did. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, you Apologies. jabbed me. Apologies, black nah, man. Nah, nah, nah. And you, and, and but then you finished me off though. You, Mike Tyson, <laughs> finished me off. Uh, <laughs> My bad, man. We are black yeah, men. Mike we don't Tyson, destroy. Oh, awesome, yeah, for real. Like life we, coach, we build up. We don't destroy. Okay. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And and so yeah, so a lot of, I would just say my professional life has been, um, you know, it's been interesting, man. I I have gone and been a part of a lot of institutions and I've been let go of a lot of institutions, right? And so, you know, a lot of my cutting ties has been just being able to walk away or being let go um, from a situation. And so I would just describe, I think just one thing that comes to my mind in terms of bondage, um, professional bondage, I remember the time I was transitioning out of working for um, a certain institution and it's uh, in the spit in the spiritual arena, and then I started working. You know, I think I started trying to find myself. I think sometimes you have these clear pathways of what life should be because you know you graduate from high school, you go to college, you get a good job, and then you get a watch, right? You get a thirty-year um, watch from being on that job. And I think for me, there, there kind of came a point, JP, when I started realizing none of this necessarily makes sense. Uh, you know, that road of just kind of making things happen or the next steps, um, they're not as clear as they should be. And so I ended up working for a certain entity, uh, which I will not name. And, you know, I did it because I was like, man, I just need to get employment for now. And as I was there, you know, I started seeing, you know, every day that they were poorly running this institution. Uh, a lot of the business, a lot of the things that were supposed to happen uh, were not. And I would never forget as they were kind of coming to the tail end of what they were doing, you know, because it seemed like every day they would start getting, adding more and more hours to our schedule. And I never forget coming to the tail end and I was sitting with my new supervisor um, and she looks at me, JP, and she's like, you know, I know you guys are working hard every day, you know, Monday through Friday, nine to five, ninety seven. She said, well, you're going to have to start working weekends. And I was like, <laughs> we're going to have to start doing what? <laughs> right? And, and I think at that point, that's when I realized that I was living, because um, she, she also mentioned no, no additional compensation. I think at that <laughs> point, yeah, I'm glad that's funny to you, bro. Listen. I think at that point, that's when I realized I was in professional bondage, right? 
Wait a minute, right. man. Somebody fixed their lips to tell you 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 have to work weekends. Oh, absolutely. And you're not getting paid for it. Absolutely. She absolutely <laughs> said this. She absolutely said this, right? And here's the thing. I knew I was in professional bondage because I didn't feel like I had an immediate option out, right? And so for me, that was a time of professional bondage. Come on, JP, you got all the jokes over here. <laughs> Give us a time of your professional bondage. Who me? <laughs> Ain't yes, never happened. Yes. <laughs> what Please. I look like. What I look like. Um, no, I, the one of my biggest stories uh that helped me realize that uh nine to five sometimes ain't gonna work for me. Now, not all nine to fives are bad. Many of them are. Um, because you know, you're trading time for money, and oftentimes that trade isn't beneficial to the person that's the worker, you know what I mean? It benefits the the institution. It benefits the 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 job, you know, the the company, the person that owns it. But anyway, we'll get to that. Um, so I was, and I don't have a problem telling nothing. I was working at Bank of America. Um, <laughs> oh I was. God. No, you think they're gonna sponsor us? No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. All right, they need to change, bro. It's checks, bro. Like, yo, cash at me, Bank of America. Y'all need to, you, you know what I'm saying? So I was working at Bank of America. Um, I was a, you know, I'm, I'm the type of guy, right. That I, I, I try to work smarter, not harder. I'm going to give a, a, a sub story to this bigger story. Just, just how I work the system. So before that I worked at FedEx, right. And I started working at FedEx and I was, you know, I guess you start off where you start off. So I was unloading and loading trucks, you know, unloading, loading, you know what I'm saying? I'm young. I don't mind. I got muscles. I'm gonna do my thing. Um, and then I realized like, yo, not everybody has to load and unload. So I started looking around and I saw that people were just like pushing packages off the conveyor belt in one way or the other. Found mm. out that that job was basically you have to learn zip codes and then you push the boxes in the direction on the conveyor belt that goes to the right zip codes. I was like, oh, oh, you mean I don't have to use my back? Oh, OK. So I approached my supervisor. Hey, man, uh, how do I do that job? Uh, all you have to do is memorize these zip codes and be able to push the boxes in time. It's like, oh, OK, cool. Took the test, passed the test. And then I just used to go in and fall asleep. And some boxes I pushed, some boxes I didn't push. They come back to me. And I hold, on, me. hold on, huh? hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? Huh? You went past the test. Yep. And then you did what? Listen, it was a late job, bro. It was like midnight to like whatever, right? And so I started off with all the fire and enthusiasm. I was like, man, I'm about to, you know what I'm saying? I'm out here. I ain't got to be in these trucks no more. And then I didn't realize how mundane the job was because literally they would come off the truck into a conveyor belt. When they get to me, I got to put, I got to flip the box over, find the zip code and then push them in the right direction. But then I realized, oh, if I don't push them in the right direction, they'll just go to a, a, a crate, like somebody like this, not my box. And they'll just come back to me anyway. So it's like, oh, it's not even a big deal. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's no wrong that I could do here because eventually the wrong boxes, even if I, they don't get to the right place, will come back to me. You and I've been saying? wondering why I wasn't getting my packages. No, it's the same <laughs> night. It's the same <laughs> night. It's the same night. <laughs> You're the reason why. It's the same I am night. I'm wondering why I'm not getting packages. No. You at the, at the job going to sleep. Go it's, ahead. Listen, and it wasn't on purpose. Like, my hand would be on the box. And by the time I got to flipping it over, I would just be sleeping. You know what I'm <sighs> carry saying? Carry on. Carry so, on. <laughs> all I'm saying is work a system. Figure out how the system works for you. So, I'm at Bank of America. Uh, again, it goes into my story. I'm figuring out how to do a better job. How do I get, how do I get promoted quickly? I was on the line. I was a teller. I was like, I hate this. So I was like, you know what? Let me figure out how to be the guy at the door that greets everybody. That's not even a job, but I'm gonna make it a job. I'm gonna convince my supervisor that, man, we need a personal touch when people walk in this door. We need to shake hands. We need to acknowledge the pregnant ladies with the babies. We need to figure out how people can feel comfortable when they come in. And they bought it. So boom, I go from being a teller to a greeter 
to now I'm a personal banker. I'm the ones that's opening the accounts. I'm, you know, I don't have any banking experience, sir. Like I don't, I just got gift the gab. But you know, I'm recognizing how to make this thing work for me, right? Professional freedom. Um, so I basically uh, get to a point where they're they're sending me off for trainings, you know, to be personal banker, blah blah blah, blah doing all these different things. But they're not paying me to be a personal banker. And I'm realizing, I'm like, wait a minute, guys. I'm opening accounts. I'm closing accounts. I'm doing all this work. I did get off the teller line, which was my objective. But now you got me doing like higher level things and you're not paying me my higher level pay. So I was okay with it for a little while because, again, I wasn't behind the teller thing. That that was my main objective. Like, hey, as long as I'm not back there, it's okay. But then one day, a guy comes in demanding that he get service immediately. And I'm already working with somebody and say, hey, sir, you got to wait. You know, I, you know I'm, I'm helping somebody. So I go into a private room with a closed door. You know, it's glass windows, but it's a private door. The guy comes in and demands that I help him. I'm like, sir, not only did you come into a door that was closed, there's somebody that's already sitting here. I'm already helping this gentleman. And that's not how the system works. You have to wait. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I said it in a pretty polite way. You know what I'm saying? No need to get rude. Not at this time. I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm trying to keep the guy that I'm helping from jumping on this guy. I'm like, bro, there's somebody sitting right here and he's about to bust your head for coming into this room in a private space and interrupting what we're doing. So I'm, I'm, I'm you know, hey, 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 it's okay, it's okay, guys. We'll figure this out. So then when I get outside, my manager comes out and the dude gets irate and then has the nerve to say, and this punk here, this young punk here. I was like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, hey, sir. Hey, sir. At this point in time, we can do whatever needs to be done. You know what you I'm said, saying? This is the base start coming out. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, I was hey, I was on my best professional behavior. I was on my best behavior. You know what I'm saying? So then at this point in time, he calls me a young punk. Uh, young, then, punk. young punk. Young you know, punk. Young punk. And then my supervisor of all the things has that man's back and not mine. She apologizes to the dude. Sir, I'm so sorry. How can I take care of the situation? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, and I was like, oh, this is the day I quit. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, bro, at the end of the day, I've done everything professional. I've, I've helped this bank. You know what I'm saying? I've, I've, I've done things. You know, I've, I've went out of my way to, you know, to be here and to be in this space and make people comfortable. Uh, and then when it comes down to it, my supervisor sides with the, sides with the person who was in the wrong because... They probably got money in their account. They're probably, who knows what they are. I don't know. Whatever he has going on, he figured he didn't have to wait in line. He can just yell his way into getting so, getting help. At that point, I realized like, oh, I'm a slave here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't I don't have any equity in this business. I don't have any, uh, uh, there's nothing, there's nothing that this place offers that makes me feel secure, that makes me feel safe, that makes me feel valued, that makes me feel like I'm important. And I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, a, I'm just a cog in the wheel. You know what I'm saying? And at that point, moving forward, I was like, yo, for the rest of my life, I was probably like 20-something, 23, 24. It's like, for the rest of my life, I'll never be in this position again. And if since then, I've, you know what I'm saying? Like, can you imagine, yo, your boss, like, letting somebody talk reckless to you in front of all these people and then not checking the dude? Like, what? what? Come on, bro. I think what's, what's interesting about what you're saying is sometimes you don't know you're trapped. Sometimes you don't know you are... Not as valuable as you thought you were. Bro, I thought right? I was a man, bro. I thought, I nah. was like, yo, I got Bank of America on lock, bro. I'm finna be the president one day. Nah, 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 changed that up real quick. And um, <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting that you say this because, again, we live in a world where people are realizing for the, for the first time, oh, I'm on notation, right? So, you know, JP and I talk um, a lot offline about this, but 
You know, it's so easy to think that you're free. And really what you are doing is, you know, and, and this is a, it's not a true comparison, but it's somewhat of a comparison. You're living on a plantation, right? Oh, you, I was going to say, you got to tell the people what the tation is. They don't know what the yeah, tation is. You're living on a plantation. You are working as somebody's cog in their will. You provide a certain quality of service. Um, and sometimes when you get a little bit of a benefit, sometimes when you think that you, you're advancing a little bit, you're really not. They just moved you to the kitchen. Right. 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 <laughs> or they just gave you a couple extra oranges at the end of the shift. That's exactly right. And so I think what's challenging is, is that, you know, many of us want to have this freedom as it relates to our professional lives. Um, you know, and we want to know that we're valuable. We want to know that our work matters. We want to know that we count. We want to know that we're significant. And in, in reality, we're kind of just on a station. We're, we're kind of in a place where we have kind of minimal benefits. Um, we have maximal work. Um, and we assume sometimes uh, a maximal um, worth about ourselves. And so culturally, when you start talking about getting freedom, professional freedom, professional bondage, one of the things that I think that happens for us to get into these places uh, where we feel like we were we're not experiencing professional freedom, but we are professional bondage. I think that JP, culturally, we have just kind of adopted that mindset that I mentioned earlier of graduate from high school, go to college, finish college, find a job, keep that job, retire with that job, right? And so in a lot of ways, part of the, the bondage is we don't have anything but that as a track to build our careers, right? And so, you know, one thing that I see um, from clients is when that gets disrupted, that thing you thought you could keep for 30 years and you, you only get it for a year or three, now you don't know what to do, right? And so I think my first observation is why people get stuck in this culture is because there's no more of a clear track um, you have to decide. You have to figure out what's the right thing for you. And that can feel like a lot of pressure because this is your life and this is your livelihood. JP, what would you say? What are some things that you've seen that keep people in bondage professionally? Uh, and how do we get here as a culture? Ignorance. Um, we have bought into an idea that trading time for money is the way in which we should live our lives. Now, I'm not getting on a, you know, everybody being an entrepreneur soapbox because there are, um, there are benefits to having a nine to five. You know, you go to work, you do your job, you go home and that's it. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes we take our work home. Sometimes we get asked to work on the weekends for free. Um, there's a lot of things that happen to where we don't exercise, uh, what's the word I want to use? Diplomacy when negotiating and navigating nine to fives. Give you an example. I'll just say in general, you have sometimes where we'll say women who are entering positions that typically are held by men, right? And even sometimes white men, um, they'll get these positions and get offered, say it's a, you know, a position where you make six figures. Women, uh, especially women of color, will take that job, will get that job and get paid thousands of dollars, like double digit thousands of dollars. If, if, if a white man makes $130,000, she will make 100000 Right. Uh, and so we don't know or they don't know and they don't understand. Like I tell them, negotiate like a white man. White men, mm. they get in there. They want everything. 
They want a car. They want this. They want seven months of vacation. Housing allowance. You know what I'm saying? All of that, right? Yeah, they got stock in the company. Right, right, you didn't know they had all. Right, <laughs> right, know they right. Had all that stuff. Yeah. Sister yeah. get the job and she she happy just to, you know what I'm saying? Get get close to the six figures or get the six figures and she ain't getting no nothing. She ain't getting half of the she ain't getting no stock. She ain't getting no, she ain't getting none of that stuff, right? Um, and so ignorance. We don't know that we need to negotiate like a white man. Like we don't know that we have the opportunity, the flexibility, and can. Like you hear about these stories all the time where a woman will find out, like, oh shoot, like you're making how much? You're doing what? You get what? You know what I'm saying? And I didn't even know that was an option because we don't know the game, right? We don't, we don't, we aren't taught these things. We aren't taught negotiation. We aren't taught our worth for, for, I mean, to be honest, you know what I'm saying? So we don't even know going in that we have the power. They're hiring you. They want you. You know what I'm saying? So you have the chips are, you, you know, but we're, we're so taught to like, oh, well, just be happy that you got the job. Oh, just be grateful that it's a blessing. Like, no, like, like they're not going to not hire me because I have, I, ha I have a counter offer. You know what I'm saying? And so we we just get we just get caught up in this stuff and we don't know any better. And so ignorance to, is the 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 enemy of our progress. And that's where, you know, mentoring comes in, that's where coaching comes in. That's when you gotta do your research, that's when you gotta ask around. Uh, but we'll get into that. But yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things that that plagues us, that hinders us. Yeah, now this is a great point. So I think, you know, we uh, we will rail on entitlement in this culture um because it's easy. It's, it's, it's very easy to see that people will be entitled. I don't think we talk enough about insecurity and the fact that if you don't see yourself with a certain value and worth, then people will treat you like that, right? So, you know, again, there is an opposite side where it's like you need to be able to generate revenue and capital to demand a certain type of wage. I, I, you just need to say that, right? So that's like one of the things. But I think on the other side, we don't see ourselves as valuable, JP. We're okay with, you know, taking uh, whatever comes to us. We don't really have a thing. And so we just work for somebody. We show up on autopilot, just kind of like what you said with the boxes. I'm like, oh, JP fell asleep and, then, and now my box is in somebody else's zip code. But anywho, um, <laughs> what, I was, what, I was, what I was trying to say though, is this, is we are showing up on autopilot to our own lives and careers. And so part of the reason why we are in bondage career-wise is that we just go to work, right? We're just happy to be there or we're just happy to get a check and then just happy to be able to go out to eat on the weekends. And we're just so happy to just do these things. And I don't mean in a gratitude type of way, but I mean in terms of the complacency of like, this is not going anywhere type of way. And so I think one of the greatest traps that I see for this generation is we are okay with settling even in our own lives and careers as long as we can just make it. Uh, we're, we're okay. That's a better way to say it. We're okay with surviving. We're not necessarily concerned with thriving. And I think because of that, Sometimes you can get away with that for a while and you, and you look up and you're like, okay, you know, that was cool. I'm okay with that. And JP, you look up and you stuck, right? You never thought you'd be stuck because you always thought it would just work itself out. And what you realize very quickly is that's not how life works. And a corporation is just that. It is a corporate entity of executives, board members, 
shareholders um, and shares that are trying to make money. And literally, you are just a piece of that. Again, no matter how great you might think you are, you're just a piece of that. And I you're think- just a young we, punk. That's right. So I think when you don't create a level of like, you have your internal drive to be where you are, to be better, to be brighter, to see development there, and you're just showing up to work on autopilot, or you show up to your professional autopilot, or you show up to your career on autopilot, then unfortunately you will find yourself in a place where you are um, a slave <laughs> or uh, someone who cannot command a wage. Anything else, JP? What is What are some things you see people getting stuck in as we start talking about some of the ways people begin to um, get free professionally? So. Yeah, they have a, I mean, like I did, I have a, a false sense of importance. Mm. Um, what, do you, what do you mean by this? Yeah, bro, like, I mean, we get these jobs, we get to these places, we get to these institutions, and we feel that because we feel we're great, or somebody else might have mentioned we're great, we feel that we matter to this, like, this, these entities, you mentioned the corporation, to the shareholders, man, we, we don't matter. The people that matter are the people that are making money off of your work. Mm. Because you can literally die in your cubicle, uh, standing at that teller line, on top of that mountain pushing those boxes, and they will replace you with somebody else that can do that. Right? That night. That night. Not gonna to, they don't hold a funeral for you? Nah. So you mean to tell me you get crushed by a box? Yeah. You die at yeah. your station. They don't yeah. hold a funeral. They don't stop. Nah, nah. They're going to get him out of here. <laughs> Next man up. Next man up. You know what I'm saying? So so we have this false idea that we matter, that we're important, that we have purpose uh, in these places, in these institutions, in these jobs. And at the end of the day, you're there to, and we've said it before, to build somebody else's empire. Um, and again, this is not, again, anti nine to five or whatever the case may be, but it's just the reality that these corporations life will go on if you literally die right there on the spot. Um, and so you have to know that you are in the place to like, think about it. Like now we're in a time where essential workers like a McDonald's are like begging for $15 an hour for a living wage. Right. When I was living in Oakland, um, the, the living wage for San Francisco, and this was uh, 20 years, uh, 20 years ago, like 2000 and... That was 30 years ago. This was 50 years ago. Nah, it was like 2000... Oh, man, JP, man. It, was, it was 50 years ago. Go ahead. <laughs> Maybe we'll say, we'll say, because I've been in Atlanta 10 years, so we'll just say 10, 10 years ago, right? Um, the, the living wage was $14 an hour in San Francisco. That's just to live, right? That's just like to have the basic bare minimum of everything. And minimum wage was $7 an hour, $7.25, right? So if it costs you double to survive of what you're making, what do you think, what, like, what are you going to do? Oh, you're going to have two full-time jobs or you're going to both, everybody's working, the dog, the cat, mom, dad, everybody has to have a job. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that as workers, as people that have the nine to five, as people that are in the place, one, having a false sense of, of, of worth, having a false sense of who you are, a false sense of your, your, your worth to this institution sets you up for failure because, like you said, you get complacent, you think you're important, you think you're running something, and then you can get place, replaced like that. Like, you can be replaced. Also, when you don't know your worth, uh, on the other end of that spectrum, so it's one is a false sense of who you are, and then the other end of the spectrum, not knowing your worth, you will accept being an essential worker in COVID-19, getting coughed on Ooh. for $7 an hour. 
You understand me? So it's like, yo, y'all should have been stopped working. You should have been protesting. Y'all should have been banded together and said, we demand our $15 an hour. If every McDonald's worker, like, yo, we're done with this. We're not going to take this no more. We're going to demand because we understand We understand our worth. You have one side that says a false sense of worth. The other side is don't understand their worth, right? And so everybody's getting played. And so I think that, like, until, you know, until people, and I think people are waking up to this idea, but, like, you have to demand, you have to know your worth, you have to, you know, uh, understand going into something, what's going on, and when things are what you want them to be, people have to band together and make sure that they fight for their rights. Ooh, this is good. This is so good. Let's start transitioning a little bit into how do you get professionally free? I think here's the thing. There's a quote um, that, you know, listeners need to write down. If you are listening to this and you are saying, man, this is a great conversation. I'm super um, excited about this and I want to absorb more of this, but also share it. Make sure you stop right now and hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with at least 10 people you know. So again, that's how our the BBU Nation is able to grow and to expand is listeners like you share this podcast with others. Uh, make sure you subscribe, rate, review, um, and share this with 10 other people. This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At Bow, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, BOW offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. There's a quote that says, change your mind, you change your life. And I think that so much of what we struggle with, JP, is we are not changing our minds and we're hoping that our life will change, right? And so the, 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 the most difficult part about this is when your mind changes, you can then begin to accomplish things in your life that you've never seen before. Right? And so here's one of the mindset shifts that's important. You don't work for someone. You only work with a company. Here's what I mean. Doesn't matter who you work for. It could be a computer company. It could be, you know, McDonald's. It could be whatever. You don't work for them. I don't work for McDonald's. I work with McDonald's. I don't work for Dale Packard. I work with Dale Packard. Um, I don't work for this thing. I work with them. One of the things, the keys to freedom is seeing yourself as a private, uh, independent contractor who's now contracting your services to other people. And so now when I go in, I can say, oh, yeah, I've, I've worked um, with these companies in my resume um, who, you know, again, they are, you know, of this type of caliber, and I brought these types of skills. And, and the reason why I say it, you work for them 
is because now you can say, I made them better, right? And so I think when you change your mind, first place of freedom, right? The first place of freedom is not your hands, it's your mind. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. When you say, I work with someone, it simply acknowledges the fact that, again, if the box falls on me and I die, production will keep going. They're not going to stop the hub, JP. They're going to keep going. They're going to box them up. <laughs> they're going to box them yep, up. They're going to throw me in one of them boxes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Ship them out. And listen, and they will insert new person into that place. I'm only acknowledging that I recognize this is just a system. This is just a corporation. And until I have equity and ownership, I am a worker here. But here's the thing. I'm bringing my talents here. I'm extending my contract here and I'm deciding how much I want to give and I'm bringing, you know, growth and transformation. So I think the first thing is changing your mind from working for someone to I'm working with them. And that way you begin to take ownership of your career. JP, what else? Give us something else practical uh, in order to begin to experience professional freedom. The art of the side hustle. So again, everybody's not for the uh, entrepreneurial life. Um, everybody's not for the nine to five life. Sometimes you have to have a mix of both, right? And what I think people don't understand is you can turn a passion or something that you're that you like or that you enjoy into something that brings money in, right? Mm. So, for instance, if you have a way with words and you're witty, start a t-shirt business. And like put, me, right? You know what oh. I'm saying? And put some words. You know what I'm saying? Make sure you visit buildabetterus.com and pick up a t-shirt from BJ Thompson. Go ahead. There you go. <laughs> right. Put put your wise words on a shirt. Send them on the internet. Let people buy them. You know what I'm saying? If you do it right, there's no overhead. There's no overhead. You can get them drop shipped. There's many. There's many ways. If you like to make art, you can also put that art on a shirt, or you can put it on a print, or you can do whatever. You know what I'm saying? And there's low cost ways where you have low overhead, low budget. Tell the people you got great art. Go get your art sold. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of things that you can do. I, I mean, I can go through a list, but I won't. But you have to find freedom in a sense of your job doesn't have to be drudgery. And if your job is, there's also other ways in which you can make money. There's vending machine businesses. There's ATM businesses. There are so many ways that you can have passive income, and eventually that passive income can replace your nine to five income, so that you have the freedom to live your best life. You know what I'm saying? While money's coming to you in your sleep. But again, it's ignorance. We don't know that. All we know is go get a job, work for somebody, have the security of, of uh, uh, what, what comes with a job. I guess uh, insurance, uh, health insurance, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Whatever, whatever, whatever. $2 raises. Right, 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 right. <laughs> if it's $2, sometimes you get a quarter a year, you know what I'm saying, depending on the job. But even that, I mean, that's a whole nother side story. The fact that we live in an, a, a system where your insurance, your health insurance is based on you having a job, that's... Anyway, we're going to go with the socialism podcast. People are going to stop messing with you. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, at the end of the day, like, again, what you're trading for in a nine to five sometimes ain't worth it. But anyway, we're not doing that. What we're saying is how you can grow and prosper even if you have that nine to five. But also just keep in mind that there are, there are additional ways that you can bring money in. If you have a passion for lawn care, go get you a lawnmower. Go get you a, a, a you know, whatever it is that you need, a weed whacker, whatever, whatever. Advertise your services and tell the people in your neighborhood, hey, let me cut your grass too, you know. Um, or get your kids involved, get your kids cutting the grass while you just sit back and, you know, sip your lemonade, you know what I'm saying? Whatever. But there's, we, we have to think smarter. And we, what does the saying say? Work smarter, not harder. 
And so I think we just have to read books, educate ourselves, go to the YouTubes, listen to this podcast, figure out ways in which that you can expand your catalog so that your income doesn't have to rely on you being on a plantation. It doesn't have to rely on you working for somebody else, even working with somebody else. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's, there's more than one way to skin a cat, as the old folks say. Good, good. I love that. If you're listening, you say, man, this is challenging. Um, you know, one of the ways that we try to provide this service is uh, by a life coach. Again, you just, you think, man, this is a lot. I don't know what to do. Um, who's going to help me? Um, we have a ton of qualified life coaches. If you visit buildabetterus.com, click the programs, click get involved and go to coaches. Um, and the initial consultation is free. If you're also listening and you have not already hit the subscribe and the share button, go ahead and hit subscribe and share this podcast, BBU Nation, with 10 people. Um, again, your listenership, when you share this podcast, the nation grows and we're able to do that. JP, because our job ultimately is to help you become a better you so that we can become a better us. Thank you for tuning in to the Build a Better Us podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever podcasts are played. You too can become a part of the BBU Nation today by continuing these discussions on social media. Be sure to go like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter at Build a Better Us, and on Instagram at BBU Social. To keep up with other exciting events and resources, visit our website at buildabetterus.com. On behalf of the entire BBU team, we'll see you next time on the Build a Better Us podcast. This episode was brought to you in part by the Areopagus podcast, two clergy of different traditions, Father Andrew Stephen Damick and Michael Landsman discuss encounters of historic Christianity with other religious traditions. How do we engage with those who believe differently? Listen wherever you get your podcasts.